Welcome back to the Friday Form Panel with Jason Bonington and Dan Malecki. Good morning and welcome to the Friday Form Panel. Great to be back again. Um, I didn't know whether Gareth was running the Friday Form Panel, so anyway, we've returned. Uh, I did hear his wonderful final chat there at the end. The great giddy-up Gareth Hall. J-Bon with you and also Dan Malecki. Good morning to you, Daniel. This is... A big weekend for harness racing with uh, the first ever running, the inaugural running edition, renewal, it's not a renewal, is it, of the Eureka uh, tomorrow night. We're going to be concentrating mostly on Melton, but there's no reason why we can't have a little bit of a chat about the Eureka and all the big races at Menangle as well. How are you, my good friend? Yeah, I'm very well. Thank you, uh, uh, Jace. I'm at uh, Melton today. We've got a day meeting at Melton before... Uh, a decent program tomorrow night, which features the Australasian Trotting Championship, a race that used to be a massive race. Now it's a decent race, to be fair. And um, as Archimedes ex- exclaimed, Eureka. Um, I think he was sitting in a bath at the time. So it was. imagine a nice bath, glass of red, watching the Eureka. It would all make sense tomorrow night. But I'll be here at Melton, so that might look a bit odd. Um, you can do it. You're Dan Malecki. If you if you if you would like a bath brought into the caller's box, there's no reason you can't ask for that. In fact, I I would think it's an opportunity to see exactly what you can get. Just say, can you can you give me a bath in for for Saturday night? And then if they say yes, well, then you go even a little bit further. But uh, yes, it was Archimedes. I, funnily enough, we're going to get off topic here for a moment. But I used to love bath. I, I don't have baths anymore. I'm I'm very much a shower man. But I used to love a bath. Do you, do you sometimes have a bit of a soak in the tub, Mr. Malecki? <laughs> oh, not particularly so, no. but I suppose the right type of tub, um, <laughs> you know, where uh, you could relax. It happens occasionally. It's usually when you're away on, on a holiday or yeah. away from your normal routine that that seems to happen. But um, and, and usually a, a really good person to share it with is important and usually a really good <laughs> bottle of red. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I reckon that might be the last time I got in one. Uh, I remember my my beautiful late nan said uh, it's just soaking in your own filth. So um, and now I I struggle to have a bath without getting that thought in my head. To be honest, uh, we will talk we will talk about the Eureka a little bit uh, later. It it's it, it's worked out really well, hasn't it? So for a long time, I thought well, I was disappointed. Put it that way with uh, harness racing, Dan, that we weren't a little bit earlier to the party, um, particularly when an opportunity did avail um, going some years back and it never uh, materialised or eventuated. But weirdly, now I'm looking at it going, well, the Everest has gone there and sort of set the scene and created something about slot races that we now understand. The Phoenix has done the same. And so now, even though we've got another couple of slot races, this is a different kettle of fish and it has... It has permeated, I reckon. I reckon. I reckon. If you just floated around and chatted to people who aren't totally into the trots, they would have at least heard about the Eureka and also the fact that the big guns have pretty much all made it there. So, I mean, you can't predict these things, but that's the way it has transpired, hasn't it? Oh, without a shadow of a doubt. And you're right. I I, I can't quite put my finger on it, and I'm happy about that, as to how well perceived all of these slot races in all codes. Yeah. Um, have been embraced Um, and I think you're right it steps over the mark of just the bubble and as sad as it might sound the passion within that our little bubble uh, is greater than ever but it's a little bubble so anytime we can penetrate beyond that is a positive sign and I think we've been able to do that uh, well and truly with this particular race a race that's for Australian horses only 
uh, and that to, to bear in mind, and also for three and four-year-olds. So um, the, the likelihood is uh, the future, whether it's on the racetrack and or uh, in the breeding barn, are very much a part of this uh, an inaugural um, Tabureka. I've certainly, I think, spent the last, um, I don't know, 20 years. Uh, I, I think, so you move with the times, and I feel like, particularly from a punting perspective and what punters want, uh, I'm very keen to understand what they need so that we can provide that for them. And I wrote an article about that, which was actually born out of our chat on the Friday Form panel uh, last Friday about, you know, how we possibly navigate stabilising markets. So those last two minutes we spoke about last week aren't quite so wild and frenetic. And I must say, I've, I've had a resistance. I had a resistance to the Everest. I, I've had a resistance to the idea that these slot races um, could have bigger promotion and, and greater esteem among the broader public than the traditional heavy hitters. But you know what? At some point, you've just got to hand it over and go, well, I'll tell you what, if... If a race like the Eureka is going to get people excited about harness racing so that they will then watch the Victoria and Hunter Cups and the Inter Dominion, that, that, that's almost what it's all about for me, Dan. It's almost like 2020 cricket. If, that's, if watching 2020 cricket is going to make people watch Test Match cricket, well, then it works. If it becomes a thing of its own and it, and it gets too big and negates the more traditional heavy-hitting races, the ones that we've loved for... For decades, then I think that's a problem. But if it, if it's used as a conduit, that's that, that's where I think it's best placed. Right, let's get stuck into race one. Uh, the Allied Express Rising Stars pace. I'm, final. I'm, I'm here. Yeah, I, I lost Chase. Well, if we've the connection with I've Dan, got Chase now. Oh, beautiful! I can. No, I, I don't can, know what happened there. It just seemed to someone pulled a plug or. On me or or you, but uh, I was looking forward on, to on, uh, hearing what you were talking about, and sadly I, I wasn't able to respond. Please forgive. Just make just make sure, Dan, that if um, in your will, I haven't written one up yet. I better do one soon because people did think I, that I was dead for a couple of months there. So uh, j- j- just make sure that something's written there saying don't pull the plug. <laughs> to really on me in that situation. Okay. Um, first event on the card. It is the Rising Stars Pace Final, and I I, I love it when races have. Uh, a few key winning chances, but they've all got slightly different narratives. So Forgot the Wallet gets the benefit of the barrier draw. Pole mark and draw perfect. Gate speed can use it. Major fire. Albie Ashwood comparing uh, this horse to Tay-Tay. Uh, and it was a massive win. The race was put on. And it was the weaker of the two heats, I reckon, or qualifiers last weekend. But was massive. And I thought Captain Pins was just extraordinary. They're the three key runners. I've lent towards Captain Pins. But I want you to talk me through it, please. Yeah, um, look, I thought there was three key chances based on barrier drawn performances from last week. Captain Pins was terrific. First up, he has to improve on that run. What I particularly liked about his performance is that he left the gate well. He, he had enough gate speed to hold a spot. Uh, so he was far more forward in the field than what he normally is. And, uh, and he was able to reel off good sectionals. So with room to improve... Uh, very positive signs for Captain Pins because previously he hadn't had a lot of racing where he'd drawn the front line, he'd been out of the draw and he's got his act together now and I, I think he's a horse that will continue to climb the ladder. Uh, we saw Major Fire most impressive again. Uh, not sure where her ceiling is as she's raced through classes here in Australia. She's unbeaten 
in uh, her six runs. Um, clearly very good off the speed. She's going to have to be again because she's drawn the back row. And she got a race that was run to suit by process of elimination. Um, she was far too good. She had her name on that race about 800 from home and she raced away and it was a dominant victory. Uh, the other one is, uh, is uh, Forgot the Wallet. So the stablemate of Major Fire who... Uh, has got gate speed to hold a, a forward enough spot, whether or not she leads, uh, but she could certainly end up box seeding and would be very dangerous there because she's racing particularly well and can find the line strongly if she doesn't have to use up too much petrol. Uh, I'm tipping Captain Pins. He, he might be just forward enough. He might end up in the 1-1. He could peel out in front of Major Fire inside the last lap or... He might be able to press his way on to the lead because it just depends, forgot the wallet being a stable mate of major fire, whether forgot the wallet's able to sustain a bit of pressure because if Captain Pins goes up there, um, if indeed forgot the wallet does lead, I think Captain Pins is going to put that pressure on and that mm. would probably help um, major fire in the back row. But he's also strong enough, Captain Pins, where he could sustain that sort of a performance. Five on top of 12, one, and uh, I found it... Uh, look, Diamond Eclipse is forgivable from last week. I thought it was a good effort considering because yeah. yeah. they didn't really want to lead. They were looking to take the trail, and he's Ollie, just didn't want to do it. And uh, Diamond Eclipse ended up working a lot harder uh, than what he would need, have needed to and still stuck on pretty well under the circumstances. So if he's drawn inside the back row and forgot the wallet leads, cops a bit of pressure, Diamond Eclipse is the other winning chance. So five, 12, one, and eight. Oh, it's a beautiful day, Dan. Uh, so spring has sprung. It's the first day of spring. I don't think actually officially, but it, it, anyway, it's the 1st of September, and we have gone to this first race with exactly the same top four tips in exactly the same places. Five, 12, one, and eight for me. Um, I, don't, I, I don't even mind if Captain Pins does nothing at the start. I just thought in a race that wasn't run anywhere near as quickly as the second qualifier of the Rising Stars series, the thing is, sometimes you want to watch, and we'll talk about this briefly when we come back from a break, but you want to watch if there's three or four horses charging home, that's one thing. Captain Pins went on his own and was able to just blaze on by them. Major Fire um, did the same, but the race was put on for her. So it'll be interesting. There are three key winning chances, I agree. Five, 12, 1 and 8 for me, exactly the same numbers. That's how easy it is for the punters. Not only a party horse, but a party first four. Let's take a break. Come back. Talk about race two, the welcome renowned silverware pace, and this is the most confusing race I've ever looked at. Back soon.